You know, it's funny. Sometimes the um, most historic achievements, individually speaking, mm -hmm. come from the most unlikely sources. It's Chris, it's Ash, it's Honorado and Company. We had perfection on the mound in Oakland by a guy that I just don't think anybody saw this coming from him, especially given his most two recent outings. We'll get into that. Domingo Herman, perfect for the Yankees. The Mets owner, Steve Cohen, speaks with the media. His team is eight games under 500. Will it get any better? Does he see it getting any better? And if it doesn't, what is he prepared to do? We will look back at the NBA draft with Capital Region Connections. We'll talk about the unbelievable season Shohei Otani is having so far for the LA Angels, Ash. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, you, you tee it up, you say it all. I'm not sure what to say. Local guy making his case to stay up in the big leagues, even when the White Sox are completely healthy. I mean, and he's doing his best to do it. It, it would be hard at this point to drop Zach Remillard back down. And maybe the best hockey prospect since a three-time MVP. Let's get it going on Honorado and Company. This is Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhaus. And we'll be at uh, the Alpenhaus location in Amsterdam, July 20th. Crazy renovation they have done to the pool side of that location. Can't wait to check it out with Andy Heck and Katie Osborne, the great people at Alpenhaus Live from on location on July 20th. Check us out then. Let's just do it quickly. Look, Sam, look Sam, already. Sam is on immediately. I mean... This and, is one of those qualifiers, not to take away from it, but well, I'm to not take going away. There yet. I'm not going there yet because before we get to the biggest story of the show, and it will be the biggest story for a while, here we go. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Our guy, Bill Miller. Sean Wilcox and the great team at Performance Industrial, as I say, almost I every like when we dive show, right in with this. They just do so much in the area that you don't even probably know about. They contribute to so many nonprofits and great organizations. Shout out to Bill for supporting this show each and every single week. Dirty, difficult, done. Domingo Herman was dirty, not sticky. In his perfect game against the Ace. This is a guy who has been suspended this year for stick, sticky substances. He goes out and spins a perfect game against the Oakland Athletics. You want to just get it out of the way? We can do it now. Yeah, you let's do it. Go ahead, Sam. Ash. Sam says not to take away from the perfect game, but he did it against one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. That That is true. I he get did. it. But guess what? In the last, I believe the number is six starts against the Oakland A's, he – hadn't gotten a win against them. So they're a baseball team. They're they're professional baseball players. Joe questioning the uh, the size of the stage. Listen, which... everybody was cheering for the Yankees in that stadium, <laughs> cheering so. against their own team. Yeah, look, I don't care who the team is on the other side, I agree. how injured they are. 
to to throw a perfect game against another major league team is is incredible accomplishment. He's only the 24th guy to do it, the fourth in Yankees history, um, the first to do it since 2012, since Felix Hernandez. He's the first pitcher from the Dominican Republic to do. I mean, there are so many things here that are in Herman's favor. Um, nine strikeouts, 99 pitches. And that's the thing. It wasn't, it was the way he did it. Like he absolutely dominated that game. And you just don't see nine innings, 99 pitches anymore. He threw a six pitch ninth inning to go out and close it out. Like the, most guys you're talking about, oh my God, are they going to even let them go for a no hitter or a perfect game because their pitch count gets so high. Yeah. His pitch count was low. It was manageable. He mixed pitches, nine strikeouts. It's not like he had 27 outs and, and two strikeouts. Like he, his stuff was filthy last night. It's funny, Sam's comment. I said kind of the opposite on the morning show today. I said, you know, the fact that he did it against a historically bad A's team takes nothing away from what he was able to accomplish. And this is a guy you would have never thought you nobody saw this coming. Uh -huh. He's had some decent starts. In fact, he had two starts in the month of June where he went six innings or more, allowing only one run in each of those starts. But his last two starts, Ash. Yeah. 15 innings, uh, I'm sorry, 15 earned runs over five innings and two starts. 15 earned runs over five innings. There was no sign that Domingo Herman was going to put together a great start the way he did. No sign. No, no sign at all. And like you said, you talked about the suspension. He came into the game with a four and five record in his starts this season below 500. And, and again, I don't care that it was a bad team. He struggled against this very same bad team. He looked, it was one of those things, and, and people say this all the time, yeah, maybe he'll go get blown up, like Joe said, in his next start. Right. And that's very, it's very possible. It's happened before, it'll happen again. Uh, but he looked like he had magic last night, and that's what happens in a perfect game. Like, you can't explain why. It's a night when... A guy goes out and feels good. They asked Domingo Herman last night when he started thinking about a perfect game, and he said, all night long I thought about it. Because he must have felt like he had good stuff. There are there. It's so funny. And look, maybe it's just kind of hindsight. A lot of guys who throw a no-hitter or a perfect game say they know in the bullpen. Yep. Before they, they even take it. the mound for the first inning, they know in the bullpen, like, mm -hmm. ah, there's something electric about my stuff tonight. And they're not predicting a perfect game no. or a no-hitter, but they realize, like, I've got I've got my A plus stuff tonight. So yeah, and he had his A plus stuff. And and listen, Higashioka called a great game. It, it it takes two to tango in this scenario because you need a guy behind the plate who knows what's working and who sticks with what's working. He threw mostly curveballs and he threw a majority strikes. And that's the thing. He pounded the strike zone. That's a recipe for success as long as your defense plays well behind you. And the defense wasn't really challenged at any point. I mean Donaldson and Volpe both had to – Anthony Rizzo had one play that probably saved Rizzo. his no-hitter and his perfect game. Yep. But Donaldson and Volpe have to make the, you know, the very basic plays over and over, and they got it hit at them a lot. I watched – you know how they do, like, the every out of the 27. Yeah. That, to me, tells you so much about it. Uh, and his defense played really well behind him. I got a little nervous when Giancarlo Stanton actually had to play right field, and he's, like, backtracking like he doesn't know what's going on in right, but – 
yeah, his defense played great, but it again, I think Higashioka did a great job of just going to what was working and not going away from that because sometimes they get guys get too smart for their own good and like, oh well, let's try this. No, just until they hit you, let's just keep doing what you're doing. By the way, could you hear the drilling going on? I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I thought my I'm I'm either working next to a dentist's office or there's some kind of major construction happening. I mean, we 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 are in a room. It's supposed to be soundproofed. I mean, give me a break. We are in a it's an office. Um just to take you behind the scenes here. It's an office that has some of that soundproofing spongy stuff. But they hold meetings across the hall and I can hear every word that is said and I'm sure it comes through the microphone. So I don't know if you heard the drill or not, but uh Nobody's being injured, like in a dentist chair, or uh, I don't know what the heck they're hanging. I'll 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 get back to you. I'll, I'll figure I it out. I wasn't back sure to you. what it was. Yeah, um, Adam is hoping that maybe this changes things around for the Yankees a little bit. I, see, I never look at a perfect game or a no hitter um, and think there's a momentum swing here, or or this guy's going to turn his season around. To me, these are such one offs. Um, they only it's the 24th time in major league baseball history. They are so rare that it just Herman the next time out again, if he gives up two or three home runs, I won't be shocked. Like that's, that's more of who he is than, than this. He's not all of a sudden going to turn into a guy who, who has a two ERA the rest of the season. I think the thing for me that would make me excited is the 11 runs, the production up and down the lineup last night, they had a couple big innings, like we are, we're talking about an offense that has been historically bad in the month of June. I'm more excited about Giancarlo Stanton hitting a home run and having a two RBI single, and guys like Josh Donaldson. Uh, they need to start figuring it out. It's it's the offense that I'm concerned about. Forget Domingo Herman if he's 500 the rest of the way this season. That's what I expect. But it's this offense that's really struggled without Aaron Judge. So maybe I get more excited about the 11 nothing and the 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 seemingly a little bit of traction that the offense created. Joy's watching. We knew Joy would be watching. She doesn't miss out on stuff like this. Um, Marcel's crew is watching. And I like this here, too. Good morning to, Mar- to the yeah. whole Marcel's crew, but congrats to Herman. And how about Carson McCusker? This is a guy you have gotten to see up close, Ash. And so from Tri-City and the Frontier League to the Minnesota Twins organization and the minor leagues. Pretty cool. I have asked, I can't tell you how many times I've asked this question. Probably the last five times I've gone to a Valley Cats game, I have asked whether it was Rick Murphy or just a random fan or an usher. I said, what is it going to take for Carson McCusker to get signed? Why? No offense, but why is he still here? Mm -hmm. He homers every time I shoot a baseball game at the Joe. He is an absolute monster. I said to you, he looks like Aaron Judge out there. No, no. He, minus the, I'm not going to compare his skills. He's literally Aaron Judge. We looked yeah. him up. Did I say he was 6'9"? Yeah. Uh, no, I think you six said 6'8", eight? Eight maybe. Yeah. Okay. He's 6'8". Yeah. He's Aaron yeah. Judge playing right field for the Tri-City Valley Cats. Yeah. Crazy. It's unbelievable. Crazy. Good for him. Um, although Tri-City is going to miss him. That's kind oh, of the bummer of all, it all. Yeah. Is that that's, the fans but that's how this game works. You know. Won't get to see him anymore, but good for him. Well, I mean, yeah, signed by the twins, by the way. Really cool. Yeah. Twins yeah, organization. Exactly. All right. So when we come back here on Honorado and Company, quick time out, we're going to get to what Zach Remillard continues to do for the Chicago White Sox. 
Is Shohei Otani the best baseball player we will ever see in our lifetimes? He's the best I've seen so far, and I don't have that much life to go. So my guess is he'll be the best I ever see. We'll talk about that on Honor Auto Company next. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Get ready for the thrill of a lifetime with Tracker Fishing Boats. Available at Alpenhouse. Feel the rush as you reel in your trophy catch, supported by Tracker's unmatched stability. Prepare to conquer any challenge with cutting-edge tech at your fingertips and the freedom to explore without limits. Make waves this season and experience the ultimate fishing adventure with Tracker Fishing Boats at Alpenhouse. Your source for fun since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. A lot of baseball on this week's show, and that's kind of what happens when you get into uh, really July, Mm -hmm. is baseball dominates until we get into late July when training camps open for the NFL, and then a lot of the focus goes back to the sport that seemingly has no offseason with football. But we, uh, we've got a lot of baseball to discuss here on the show, and, and I'm good with that. And, Ash, I know mm-hmm. you're good with that. Oh, I love it. Zach Remillard, been up in the big leagues for about a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, he's played in 10 games. He's had at-bats in nine, I think is the way it goes. 10 for 26, four RBIs, just had his first extra base hit on Wednesday night. Two stolen nice. bases. He has game-winning RBIs. He has game-winning runs scored. The guy has really done just about everything you could imagine. Yeah. A 29-year-old who had no major league experience prior to get forced into this situation and do what he's done for Chicago. I, I mean, I, I put make room for Remillard because how do you send him back down at this point? You can't right now, and I understand there's not a lot of room on that roster. He came right. up because of injury, but he's playing so well, and he does – for the White Sox, what they don't have a ton of, and and what you don't see a lot in Major League Baseball, period. His stolen bases have been so clutch. They've come at clutch times, and they've led to runs. He makes those decisions at the right time. He's bunting for base hits. He's done that at least twice that he's bunted for base hits. You don't see that anymore, and he's doing it because he he understands what he can take advantage of and what he can't. He's not bunting because he can't hit – He's 10 for 26. Obviously, he can hit. He's bunting because he sees an opportunity and takes advantage of it. He's not swinging and missing a lot. Four strikeouts. That That is a number that you don't see a lot in Major League Baseball. So he is doing things that you just don't see a lot of players do. And I know it's early and it's a small sample size, but you cannot send him back down right now. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I heard chatter yesterday you know, put Tim Anderson back on the IL because he's he's struggling and may not be, you know, completely healthy at this point. And that's, you know, Remillard has played second base mm-hmm. for Chicago. Can he play third? Because they don't have a great third baseman. I Can he do enough? Play anywhere. 
Yeah, and that's and I think played so a lot too, of Ash. So to me, it's like you just find a way to put him into the starting lineup every I think he single can play night. The outfield, like, he's... and when he plays, they win. They yeah. win when he plays. So he had three hits on Wednesday night that ties a career high. He had three hits in his major league debut. Um, get, just keep the guy in the lineup until it goes cold at some point. Maybe right. it never does go cold enough for you to say we have to send him back down or that's it. Yeah, and, and he's had an 0 for 4 game, but he's bounced back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those are going to happen, but you just don't want to see like three or four straight 0 for 4 games where it's like, all right, well, maybe he's lost it. But he seems to have the confidence, the nerves – have not been there. It hasn't seemed like the moment has been too big. He has done everything he needs to. Listen, if they drop him back down, it's not because of anything that he has done or has not done. It's it's because there's no room or whatever they feel, um, whatever management feels there. But he's done everything he needs to to stay up in the majors. Yeah, no doubt. Good for him. LaSalle Institute grad, 29 years old, had never gotten the call. Um Really, really cool. I'll get to the Otani conversation here in a second, but uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen met with the media middle of the week, and he this is part of what he had to say. All is not lost yet, but it's getting late, and most teams have played 82 games, so we're right at the midway point yep. of the season. We're preparing for all contingencies, he said. Okay. Now, he did give the vote of confidence to Buckshow Walter and Billy Epler, yeah. manager and GM. Um, mostly threw it on the players, right? Like, hey, we've got a $360 million payroll. This is not what we are expecting. We have a roster of guys who should be playing better than this and performing better than they are. And so I think he's annoyed. He wasn't as ticked off as I kind of expected him to be. If I'm if I'm spending all this money yeah. and this is the production I'm getting, I'm going to be more annoyed. But he, Steve Cohen seemed to be like a little more understanding or patient or whatever word you want to use. He's not going to fly off the handle here and make some crazy decision. But if this doesn't turn around by July 31st, uh, I would certainly anticipate them moving guys like Starling Marte and Mark Cannon, obviously Daniel Vogelback. I don't know that anybody would want him. Um, but then are you moving? Are you trading? Trying to move big contracts? Significance. Mm-hmm. That's where it would get interesting for me. And he did say that he, Cohen did say, I'm willing to trade some, in this is paraphrasing, some bigger name guys in order to bring back prospects, high top tier prospects. So he's talking about mean, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Yeah. He's not talking about Pete Alonso. You know what I mean? No. Like, you know exactly who he's talking about. And you can't trade the Lindor contract. Right. So it, and you it, don't, I don't think you necessarily want to. That's a guy that you've given the contract to build a franchise around. Uh, yep. Scherzer and Verlander, you kind of knew were rentals, for lack of a better word. They're two, three-year contracts. You knew the window was small. And for me, I'm not surprised by this because I think – I kind of thought, okay, this really could not work or it could take more than a year. It could take two and three years. And at that point, you're out of contract for those two guys. So does it make sense? And do you have the time for it to work? Well, we're learning quickly that it's not going to be this year. So <laughs> I, I, can you move those contracts though? I, I'm sure you can oh, yeah. for a team who wants oh, yeah. a one or two year rental, but it's, it's a, for sure an underachieving lineup. You can definitely 
I mean, there will be a line of people for Scherzer and Verlander, both of them. There'll be contending teams that want those Mm -hmm. guys for August and September and hopefully October. And then one more. Why not? If you're the Mets, why not do it? Like, I I know it's a short lived experiment, but if if you're talking about two or three top prospects from an organization and you're talking about guys who are maybe in triple A, like they've got to be, they've got to be almost ready to play though. It can't be like, Hey, we've got some guys in uh single and double a who in two or three years, like these have to be close to plug and play guys who are lighting it up in the top of your minor league system. They can't be nobodies. It's going to be interesting with the Mets. I'll say that much. The next month is going to be very interesting. Okay. So what's the problem in New York? Is it the players? Is it the managers or the GM? Would you get rid of either or both of these guys? No, the answer is no. I think you have to give guys time. And listen, as of last year, Buck Showalter was like the second coming. Like, you know what I mean? He was the greatest manager ever to do what he was doing with what he had. Now you've turned this thing on its head by bringing in two superstar pitchers with monster contracts. Things aren't exactly playing out the way they should. And this is what happens, though. It's baseball. Like, this this is not surprising to me and, and shouldn't necessarily be surprising to Mets fans or anybody else. And I don't know that it is. The Yankees are underachieving. The Padres are underachieving. They're not the only high payroll team that it's just not working for yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wouldn't fire either of these guys. Um, And to me, it's like, you know, the manager's job in baseball, I I tend to defend managers more Mm -hmm. than I I rail on them because at some point the grown men, athletes need to go perform. Do it. Like you are under a major league baseball contract for a reason. Go out on the field and get a hit or strike somebody out or get a ground ball. Like at some point, the grown men in uniform on the field affecting the game more than anybody else need to be held accountable. And I get that it's easiest to fire a manager than it is to trade or cut a guy making $30 million a year. But that's why I'm I'm so hesitant to say fire the manager. Mm -hmm. I, I just... I, I rarely believe I that they are the biggest problem with baseball. Now, the general manager is different. Right. This is the person who is almost fully responsible for putting the roster together. And I've said it about Brian Cashman for years. I'm amazed he still has his job because he just continues to roll the same roster out there pretty much every single year. Some changes and tweaks, but mostly only because of injury is mm-hmm. he forced to put different guys in there. So, I wouldn't get rid of Epler yet, but if this thing is still bad a year and a half from now, guess what? Right. Yeah, he's gone. That'll be the end of Billy Epler, too. Yeah, I think so, too. Go ahead. I was going to say, but, like, your manager isn't out there, like, teaching you fielding. He's got other guys doing that. So, like, I always think it's interesting to blame the manager for, like, hey, a guy's not hitting. Well, there are hitting coaches for that. What Buck Showalter does on a day-to-day basis is yeah. tinker with the lineup, bring a guy up from AAA, bring a guy back down from Manage AAA, send a guy back down to AAA. Yeah, like, you know, it's when to pull a pitcher, when to not. Those are the things he's most yep. responsible for. He is not teaching these guys how to play baseball. <laughs> it's something a, they should already know how to do. <laughs> a quick look at the season, and it's really not as ugly it's, as maybe we're painting out to be, right? No, Eight and and the Braves play. having the season they're having makes it worse than it actually is. Yep. You know, eight games under 500 is is not good by no, any means. Not. And you certainly wouldn't sign up for that when you look at the payroll and some of the names on this roster. But you're right. If Atlanta wasn't 21 and four in the month of June or whatever the Braves are and have been, 
uh, it's not that bad. That's why I'm not looking at the division number, but I, I, and I'm not, I mean, who's paying attention to the wild card before the month of July, but people are nine back in the wild card. That's where you kind of go, whoa. I mean, not only are they out of it in the division, they're out of it in the wild card. Mm -hmm. This thing is over unless they make real changes to the roster. And and I said this more than a month ago, I think. It It was ugly in New York. And I said, this season is not getting any better for the Mets unless they make significant changes to the roster. They haven't done it. And guess what? It hasn't gotten any better. You could just see it. You could just see that this lineup was not going to produce, and I wasn't willing to lean on two 40-year-old starters as the guys that were going to keep this thing afloat. So they haven't made any changes, and it's the same thing we had going a month ago when we did Dirty Difficult Done. And I said the season was over. I said the season was done because – I know. They and then they changes, won five in a row, and then it was like a little bit like, oh, maybe maybe not. but Not. Yeah. Not maybe for sure. Not. All right. Quick time out here on Honorado and Company, the Shohei Otani experience. I had somebody in the newsroom this morning ask me, is he going to get $600 million? And I thought, you know, my first reaction was, of course not. Then I thought, yeah, probably. I might be able to justify that. I might, that might make sense when you really break it down back in only 30 seconds. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. If you can't give true love to me, I'll understand. Just do the best you can. The Galope Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, I had this question on my brain before a producer in the newsroom asked if I thought Shohei Otani would get a $600 million contract. I thought, is he the best baseball player we will ever see? So I guess you have to go back to when you first start watching baseball and try to predict how much longer you will be watching baseball. Is he the best baseball player you will ever see? Have you seen anyone better to this point? I mean, the answer is immediately no, because no one is doing what he is doing. That's just what it comes down to. Nobody is doing what he is doing from a perspective of playing two sides of the field, hitting the way he's hitting. He's one of the best hitters in the game, and he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Nobody's done that since Babe Ruth. I didn't see him. You didn't see him. I think that automatically makes him the best baseball player we've ever seen and will for a very long time. Maybe you'll get people inspired by him to do a little more of this, but when you go to college, they take that away from you. It doesn't matter how good of a hitter you are for the most part. It doesn't matter how good of a hitter you are. If you're a pitcher, guess what? You're not hitting. It's just That's just how it goes, and you have to be okay with that. Well, if you take the bat out of a a hitter's hand for four years, you're not going back to it as a professional player. So the way that things are constructed here, at at least in the United States, obviously not in Japan, it's not Mm -hmm. that way. So you're only really going to see that from foreign players, I think, who get the ability to do that. You're never going to see it from an American-born player because it just won't happen here. There's a kid, and I I don't know his name well enough, at at Florida. um, Jeff Passan wrote something about Mm -hmm. him, about doing this about being a great hitter, being a great pitcher. Could he do it at the major league level? But I just, 
I think if you're drafted by a major league, I just don't think they're willing to let you do it. Right. Otani basically was so great in Japan that when he came over, it was like, I'm only going to sign with a team that's going to allow me to pitch and hit. And so and you had to be okay with it. The Angels wanted this. They had to do it because he's that immensely talented. The kid coming out of Florida, he gets drafted by a major league baseball team. Guess what? The organization's going to say, sorry, dude, you're only a pitcher. Yeah. Or you're only going to play whatever, center, short, whatever the position is. You're not going to get that chance coming out of college uh, or coming out of high school. Otani had already proven I'm the best in the game. If you want me, you have to agree to these terms. And that's that was his advantage. Here you you talked about it. Here are some of the numbers. 7-3. I know nobody cares about wins and, yeah. and pitching records anymore. Okay, fine. He's got an ERA near three. His whip is just a touch over one. A lot of people like that. Metric better, a whip, okay. A walks and hits per inning. He's third in all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts, 127 of them in only 95 innings pitched at the plate. He's hitting over 300. He leads all of Major League Baseball in home runs. He's second in all of baseball in RBIs. He leads all of baseball in OPS. In fact, he's the only guy in baseball with an OPS over 1,000. Um, it's not just an MVP season. It is... It is a never seen before yeah. and maybe never seen again type of year. It's unreal what he's doing. Yeah. And I almost think like, is it silly that we're even asking that question? Like, of course he's the best. And I know it's not, but who can you think of? And that's the thing though. There's just no comp to him. Who can you think of that you have seen in your life who you'd compare to him? Well, okay. You can find one guy at the plate and one guy on the mound but you can't find one guy who fits both. You know what That's I mean? Right. You can't find – he is a unicorn in the most literal of ways. But, you know, for the people who want to argue, well, he doesn't play the field, he's as good as David Ortiz, who's who's probably the greatest designated hitter of all time. Otani's as good as that guy at the plate. Um, and 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 then I would even say just from a, just from a straight batting perspective – he 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 might be as good as Bonds. Mm. The guy's got five triples this year. Otani does, and, and Bonds he, he, on the juice. Correct. I mean, he he's just that level of talent. If you said to me, "Who's the greatest hitter of your lifetime?" I might have to say Barry Bonds. If I'm just going to mm. be level about everything, and yeah. I'm going to uh, include all the steroid users, maybe the answer is Bonds. And Otani is not that far behind him. Right. I think, I think what people say, like, you're going to think of more dominating pitchers. Of course you are. You're going to think of a guy over a career, a guy like Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, who's going to end up with this exorbitant amount of Cy Youngs, Max Scherzer, these guys who over their career will have more dominant pitching performances, but who at the same time weren't then lacing them up and going to bat, going to bat at the plate every day and weren't doing all of these other things. So while he's not the most dominant pitcher you've ever seen he's one of the most dominant hitters we've ever seen and he's doing it also putting together a top five pitching performance in the league yeah it's it's unbelievable he's so likable yeah he's 28 he'll be 29 so let me ask the question what's it is he going to get 600 million dollars is Shohei Otani going to get a contract this winter he's a free agent this winter is he going to get a contract that is $600 million or more. It depends on where he goes, because not everybody can afford that. But but 
but he's but yeah. either gonna, he's not go. I mean, he's either going to stay with the Angels, or he'll go to the Angels Dodgers, or he probably Can or he goes to the Mets. I mean, all those teams have big big payrolls because of well Trout's contract. Trout has the biggest contract in baseball history, four hundred and twenty-six million. Will Otani beat that? Let's just start there. Yes, yeah, because he'll get five. I don't know if he'll get six, but he'll get five. He's going to be 29, July 5th, I think, is his birthday. Yeah, and I think it'll be a, how, how it'll be a shorter have? contract, shorter than 12 years. Like, you're not going to get a 12-year contract like some of these other guys. My guess yeah, is it'll be like a eight- or nine-year contract. For $500 million. I mean, it's going to be a lot. You're going to get 50 a year. 10 years, 50, is that fair? Or 10 years, 500, so 50 a year? I mean, I don't know that you're going to get 60. Six six hundred million. Crazy. Yeah. There's no but five hundred over ten years, like that's pretty for what he's doing, it's pretty reasonable. If you see the contracts Anthony Rendon got, like there are guys who got these contracts who who don't deserve it and haven't lived up to them. This guy is this guy isn't going anywhere. He's not gonna slump, he's not gonna forget how to hit. Like this this guy's not going anywhere. I play baseball for $5 million. Carol. Here's Nick's thought, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I, I jokingly said, cause the producer asked me, will we get $600 million? I said, Was it the Neil? way, the way things are going with the Mets right now, Steve Cohen will literally just hand Otani the check and say, you fill it out. I don't even want to know. Don't even right. tell me. I don't want to know you fill it out and, and put on a Mets uniform and we're good. And, and Nick's point is this is perfect timing for Otani. The Mets will be desperate after this year. As long as they get rid of Scherzer and Verlander, they can they can bring him on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Steve Cohen, the, the money is seemingly endless with what he's got, so it, it won't matter. Um, yeah, that's 600, no way. I, I even kind of balk at 500. He's going to get 500. I can't wait. Got to get 500 because think about when Trout signed that contract to now, how those contracts have gone up. Like even just inflation and just natural progression of of contracts, and this is a guy who we're talking about being the best the best baseball player of our generation, yeah. but multiple generations. Like if you're saying he's the best baseball player since Babe Ruth, we're talking about our parents' generation and the generation before yeah. that. So you're yeah. talking about three generations. NBA draft had a couple of capital region connections. Uh, we're going to talk about the fits for Andre Jackson Jr. in Milwaukee and Jalen Pickett in Denver. Back in 30 seconds. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. And a shout out to all of our local business partners, Saratoga Eagle, Nyscoba, Performance Industrial, Novice, of course, Alpenhouse as well. Um, all right, Ash, a couple of guys drafted into the NBA. And, and I said something on last week's show, or maybe I just said it to you, like, I don't remember... It certainly hasn't happened in my time here in the Capital Region, but I can't imagine it's ever happened 
that we had as many guys up with a major league baseball team at one yeah. time. Jeff yeah. Hoffman's pitching really well in that Philadelphia bullpen. Tommy Canely's been lights out for the Yankees. Kevin Smith is now on the ILB. He's up with the A's. And you've got Ramillard up with the White Sox. Was there ever a time you had, and I mean, my gosh, could you imagine Ian Anderson, but was there ever a time you had right. four? I'm getting a little off track here, but we will get to the NBA here. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. Has there ever been a time you've had four? Like when when Jamie Schultz was in the mix and yeah. and was Jeff Hoffman up then with Tommy yeah. Canley, but I can still only get to three. Yeah, it was it was close. Um Brendan yeah. Harris and like when and and yeah, but he and was Joe really Mahoney. the only one when he was up. What'd say you again? say? What'd you say after Brendan? I said Brendan Harris and Joe Mahoney, and like, could you ever get to four yeah. at one time? I can't remember. No, now, again, these are only examples of when I've lived here. So yeah, somebody back in the fifties might say, but I doubt like, it. John Lennon, but he's, I mean, he's a Siena guy, not a local guy, but still you kind of, so I'm trying to remember back to my channel nine days um, when we would record games and and really Brendan Harris was the guy. Um, he was the guy that we would record every night. And then everyone else was kind of Mahoney was up and down. Yeah. He wasn't up for very long. Uh, same thing with Lannon. He would stick and then he would go away for a while. Um, but now you've got like Matt Gage tinkering with like, he's, up, down with a few different teams. So there are more than a handful of Section 2 products who are up in the majors or very close to being up in the majors. And it's, I've said it before, I think it's the best sport that we have in Section 2 um, from a perspective of like that, it just doesn't happen. Like yeah. we've got five major, four to five major league baseball players from the 518, which is, is incredible. You're, there's not going to be a lot of places like you go to play cities in Texas the size of the capital region, you're not going to get a lot more than five from any given area in the entire country. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just, I don't know, it dawned on me sometime yeah. last week, and I know I said it out loud. I don't know if it was on the show or not, but um, but yeah, it's, it's had me thinking. And again, I don't see how any of those guys get dropped down. I mean, even if Kevin Smith continues to struggle a little bit, like, I'm sorry, Oakland, do, who, do, who do you have that's markedly better? I, I don't yeah. see it. And I think, you know, at some point, if those guys all stick, you're going to get Ian Anderson back in some capacity. You've seen guys and he may start, you know, he's obviously going to do a long rehab um, and he may start in double A, triple A and have to work his way back. We will see Ian Anderson back, I believe, at some point in a Major League Baseball uniform. No doubt. We've talked about it, whether it's with the Braves or not, I'm not sure, but he's going to get a chance somewhere. And how often do guys come back from Tommy John better than they were before? Yeah. You know I'm pulling for that guy. Big yeah. time. Um, Jalen Pickett goes 32, like 10 picks ahead of where he was projected, right? I, I was asleep for this, and I was just like trying to sort of listen because it was getting late, and I was list- trying to listen for Andre, and I heard his name, and I popped up, and I'm pretty sure I said out loud, no way, <laughs> because he went so early. I wasn't expecting to hear his name before Andre. Yeah. Yeah, so Pickett to Denver at 32, and Jackson to Milwaukee at 36. Uh, top end of that second round for both of these guys. Let's we'll start with the guy who went first, and that's Pickett to the Nuggets. I mean, Jalen Pickett. Got to talk about this. To our guy. Yeah, Zach Bai called Bye. it. We had Zach Bai on the show a couple weeks ago after Denver won the NBA title. He called it on his radio okay, show out you. in Denver a couple times. He really kind of predicted Pickett to Denver. Um talked about it on the, on the show last week that we didn't know where Pickett was going to go, but we, we talked about his game 
And he has been such an effective pick and roll player, which couldn't be more perfect for Nikola Jokic. Um, even Aaron Gordon fits well in the pick and roll game. Jalen Pickett, he couldn't, I mean, I'm using a lot of picks here. Pickett, pick and roll, he couldn't have handpicked a better situation for himself going into the NBA. Uh, good for him. Played at Siena for three years. Kind of forget he was here for three years. Yeah. Um, and then to Penn State where he just continued to absolutely stat, uh, stuff the, the stat sheet. He, he was terrific with the Nittany Lions and and I love it for him in Denver. What do you think? Yeah, and this is – I think people always think like, oh, well, you want to go lottery pick. Well, yeah, that's great. But Jalen Pickett is going into a situation where he could be on an NBA title team for the next 10 years. Um, I mean, that team is young enough. If they can keep that yeah. core guys together, that could be a really good team for a really long time. And he just feels like the perfect fit to slide in. He will be their backup point guard. He mm -hmm. will come off the bench, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure he will be fine with that. But he's a guy that brings so much to the floor from a perspective of he's different than anybody you're going to see. He is unlike, and we've talked about it before, he is unlike any guard that you will see play right. in the NBA. He was unlike any guard in the Big Ten, any guard in the NCAA. He was unlike any guard at Siena and in the MAC. He is so different than any player that I've ever seen in the way that he plays like old school, back to the basket, high dribble. Like he just does so many things that are what I would consider old school basketball that you don't see anymore. And yet they're super effective. Yeah. I know I tried to liken him last week to a little uh, success with you that he plays a lot like James Harden and Luka Doncic yeah. slow. Mm -hmm. uh, it's methodical always, though. Always in physical contact with, with the defender. <clears throat> yep. He's not in a rush to get away from somebody. He, he plays at his own speed uh, and he can play, he can play fast. He chooses not to more often than not. So he plays to to his speed and strength. I think it's a, it's a great spot for him. Jackson to Milwaukee here. You know, and again, I'll say this about Pickett in Denver. The Nuggets don't need scoring. Jalen Pickett does not need to worry about right. scoring a single point. Yep. Don't turn it over and find your open teammates. That's it. That's all he has to do. And I know it's not – it's easier said than done at an yeah. NBA level, but that's all he has to do. Hit the open shot occasionally here and there, but he's good. He could be, and this is, a, a, I'm not saying he's like this because he's better offensively. He could be like Rajon Rondo. I don't need you yeah. to score. I don't need you to shoot. Yep. He is a much better shooter than Rondo, but he doesn't need to score on that team. Okay, which which gets me to Jackson and Milwaukee. Again, I don't need you to do a lot, Andre. I and need UConn you to didn't either. I, I need you to defend. <laughs> I want you to rebound, and I want you to share the ball effectively. I don't need you to score. I don't. So he's in a good spot here. I think it allows him some time to develop the three-point shot or or a deeper mid-range shot anyway, um, and just go out there and do your thing, man. Let your athleticism yeah. kind of just take over your basketball IQ. Let it just be innate. Just go out there and play the game. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with him, too, is that we've talked about this. You're on a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo and potentially Chris Middleton, depending on what happens with that situation. You are not going to be anyone's first priority. You're not going to be anyone's second priority. You're probably not going to be anyone's third priority. Wow. So guess what? If you're going to tell me, like, Andre Jackson is my fourth or fifth option and people are just going to kind of, you know, maybe – 
slack off of him because they want to double a guy like Giannis or they want to play however they're going to play and just give give Andre a little less attention, well, then he has the ability to score. And, like, that's a guy that's – we've seen him do it before. You're going to leave him open. He's going to drive down the middle and slam it yeah. down your throat. Like, that. that's – he has that ability. He has Giannis abilities from a, a standpoint of, like, big physical wow plays. But the Bucks don't need that. It will just be a bonus. Yeah, look, they're, they're going to – Brooke Lopez can shoot it. Pat uh-huh. Connaughton can shoot it. They'll lean on guys like Bobby Portis. Drew Holiday is a star. He's not a superstar, but he is a star. He is the second best player on that team, and it's not even close, in my opinion. Middleton's good, but Holiday's much, much better. You said it. I'm going to get seven, eight deep before I worry about Andre Jackson on a whiteboard in the opposing team's locker room. So he will have time to grow and figure this league out, and I think just athletically he will make an impact uh, yeah. much sooner than I think people are kind of giving him credit for. I don't fair? think people are. Yeah. And I don't think people are sleeping on him. Listen, it's not like NBA scouts don't know who the heck he is. Believe me, they know who he is. Um, but it's just, he's not going to be a priority. Um, and, and whether or not he quickly makes people pay attention to him. I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. And I would, I think people would tell you when they scouted for UConn that he wasn't a priority and yeah. that's oh, yeah. fine, but he was, they went as Andre Jackson went. When he did well and when he did everything they needed to him to do, they won games, and they won a lot, a lot of games. We have track and field video you have to see. That's coming up in a little bit, but we're still on the end, the, uh, the draft beat here anyway. Middle of the week, Connor Bedard was made the number one overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks. First time the Blackhawks have had the top selection since 07 when they took Patrick Kane. That worked out pretty well. Yep. The 17-year-old Bedard, and he'll be 18 in July, so it's not like he's 17 for long. Still. Is said to be the best prospect since Connor McDavid in 2015. And McDavid, oh, by the way, just won his third MVP. Which we were so sure. Even for all of the Matthews and Hughes, um, what was the other really top pick that was really, really good recently? And it doesn't matter. Bedard, people are saying head and shoulders above those guys. So things may be looking up in Chicago much sooner than I really kind of yeah. thought. I mean, they traded for Taylor Hall. I think yep, they kind I said, of knew. I said, good luck in purgatory, Taylor Hall. Well, you know what? He's going to play. But, so yeah. I don't know. And he'll get – Bedard will play next season. I mean, Bedard his, – his interview after was so funny. Like, well, got to make the team first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you got to make the team okay. first. Guess what? You're on the team whether you are good or not because you're the number one pick. And you have the ability to be a generational talent, and that's what people think of you. So you're going to be on the team. I'm excited to watch him when I hear people say maybe the best prospect since Connor McDavid. That I'm yeah, excited to see. Bing, the light goes quickly, off, and you're like, okay. Yeah, how quickly he can actually kind of make that happen. All right, we take one more time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, I said that track and field video you just absolutely have to see. Um, and one more we'll time. We'll also talk about, yeah, exactly, an American swimmer who just continues to raise the bar, breaking even her own records. And a golf match with no golfers in it. Are you interested? I'm pretty sure I know Ashley's answer already. We're back right after this. Experience the freedom of the open road with a new RV from Alpenhaus during our red, white, and blue savings event. Alpenhaus is your premier destination for all of your RV needs. From spacious motorhomes to cozy travel trailers, 
like this Coachman Catalina for only $151 a month, or this Primetime Avenger for $268 a month. Come see a great selection of America's top brands. Shop online anytime at alpenhouserv.com or visit us in Amsterdam or Saratoga. Alpenhouse RV, your total camping outfitter. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. Nyscoba honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now, back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, you showed this video on the news. I did. It just makes me smile. Over the weekend, and I was blown away by it. I'm glad you found it. Um, it, it really is. It's just incredible. And I'll get it queued up here in a second. Give me a second. Um, but it is like the perfect example of, uh, an athlete being beyond selfless. Mm -hmm. Uh, and here is that video. I'll kind of ask you to take us through it as we watch it. Yes. Yeah, so this is in, uh, the inside lane, uh, Julian Bumquo. So she runs, she actually is a thrower for Belgium. Yep. And in this competition, I forget the name of the exact competition, but it was a world competition. The European, yeah, exactly. European team nationals, yep, uh, or team championships. So she was asked to help her team out and run the 100-meter hurdles. She's a shot putter hammer thrower because two of their runners had gotten hurt. They weren't going to get any points. In fact, they were going to be DQ'd if they didn't put a starter on the line. So not only did she do it, but and she took her time. She made sure not to run over any hurdles. It's listen. She's not, she's not overexerting herself, but she's making sure she does it right. And then our favorite part, Chris, was at the end. She puts a little bit of a gusto in at the end and crosses that finish line with some punch. And then she gets some love from the rest of the competitors. This to me is like everything that is good about sports. Mm. Yeah, I, I said it's it's selfless. It, um, she says, you know what? I don't care how ridiculous I look doing this. I'm doing it because my team needs me to do it. I, I'm getting chills even watching that back now. Yeah. And as we talk about it, uh, this shot putter thrower realizing my team is going to be disqualified. We need to earn some points. We get points even just by somebody starting the race. I, I'm going out there. And, and I love that some of the Twitter uh, chatter was like, hey, she PR'd. It was her first time ever running a 100-meter hurdles. It was her best performance ever. She got her team two points. Um, and listen, this was a competition that there was a lot on the line. So the bottom three teams in this, the bottom three countries in this, in this competition get basically relegated in the same way that you would soccer teams get relegated to a, a, a lower division. So the bottom three teams leave Division One and go to this Division Two or B or whatever they call it. There's a lot on the line for these teams, and this yeah. is—it's just so selfless. It makes me so happy. The fact that she didn't take herself too seriously right. afterwards, she said it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. <laughs> the crowd was going crazy. It was everything about it was so good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was not afraid to go out there and, and no. really embarrass like, herself. And yeah. that's the thing. Like she didn't look good doing it. And like, nobody's going to say, but, but that wasn't what people were thinking about. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't thinking, well, she looks like a total idiot doing it. Of course not. I thought good for her for getting out there. Good for her for, you know what? Forget your pride, go out there and do what's best for your team. There are not a lot of people who would have done that. First of all, there's no chance that I would have cleanly cleared any of those hurdles. So she at least did that. You would have. It just would have been like bunny hopping. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're higher than you think. Yeah. You might have been doing two off two feet and land on two feet over every single one of them. I think you overestimate my athletic abilities. And now, dirty, difficult, and done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. All right, somebody whose athletic abilities we cannot oh. overestimate. Katie we cannot question. Ledecky. Yeah, this is this is a woman who surprised people on the scene, and it's crazy to think that yeah. London was 2012, which is unbelievable kind of burst onto the scene and won a gold surprisingly in London and now has done nothing but win in the 11 years since and is going to go to Paris and probably be unrivaled. I don't think it's going to be difficult to beat her. I think it's going to be impossible to beat her. She's the greatest distance swimmer on the planet. She wins medals like it's her job. And I know, so it's funny when you talk about she's got seven golds and three silvers, I think, but she's only been to three Olympic games. She just does fewer events than like everyone thinks of like Michael Phelps. Well, he's a sprinter. He does more events. He racks up more medals. She's a long-distance swimmer. So the 800, which she just swam at U.S. Nationals, she swam the third fastest time ever in the event. Yeah. And Whose this is a stat that blew my mind. Well, she she came in 13 seconds third. ahead of of a, ahead of the uh, second-place finisher. Yeah. She has the 30 fastest times ever in this event. Who's beating her? Yeah. 30 fastest times ever in this event. So now she's headed to Worlds in this event. She's won the event five straight times. She's the only person ever to do that. Going for a sixth, she'd be the only person ever to do that. So she's doing things that there are a lot of famous American swimmers. She's doing things that none of them have ever done. So she was, because she's 26 years old right now. Which is young. Well, right. Well, when I saw that, I thought, hmm. Maybe only one more games after Paris. Paris. Yeah. But I started doing the other math in the other direction. I thought she was 15. Isn't that crazy? Because I did still think, I thought she feels like she's been around for so long. I would have guessed that she was 30. It feels like she's been around that long. But when you talk about she was 15 when she did it in London, can you imagine being 15 and being the best swimmer in the world at anything, what she did in the Olympics was she's the best swimmer in the world at that time. She won a gold. And now to still be doing it 11 years later, probably will be doing it four years from then. Like what she's done is incredible. She moved to Florida permanently. And every mm-hmm. report is that like that has changed yep. since the last summer games. Yes. And that has really to, changed her. She, to, Sam says she was beaten in the 200 freight. Short distance. Not a race, yeah. But but his point maybe still motivates yep. her some more. Possible. Yep. Possible. Um, we always do this show live on a Thursday. So if you're watching us on TV or if you're finding us on social media after 10 a.m. on Thursday, that's kind of the recorded 
version. So I asked this question for an event that is coming up on Thursday night, which is June 29th at 6.30. And do you care? Do you care? Will you watch any of this? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey on the golf course. No. You won't see a second of you. It won't even be on in the background at work where you might catch a hole or two. Well, no, because I need to do things like roll on Zach Remillard and then plays in the afternoon. Plays in the afternoon. Well, I need to do that and then roll on the Yankees and the Mets. I don't. I don't know. Yankees. Yankees play in the afternoon. But I'm. But I'm not going to watch it It, unless it's the only thing on television. Yankees are in the afternoon. Remillard and the White Sox are in the afternoon. Mets play a night game. But you've got two TV options. You won't put any. You won't watch this at all. You're not interested. It'll be on. I'm not interested. It'll be on, but I'm not interested. Okay. I'm more interested that. in like the smack talk, but I'm like you. I'm kind of over Kelsey. I love I love Steph Curry and Clay Thompson though. So I, I will I think it'll be fun. Like the the back and forth, the banter, all that. And I listen, Steph's a good golfer. I like watching Steph play Barry. golf. Steph Curry played uh, high school golf. Can you imagine that? Um I'm not I'm not super interested either. The Braves um, have the night off, so maybe I, I pop it on, but I don't think I will. I might see a little bit of it just to make some kind of informed comment about what I what happened out there, but I'm with you. I have, I have Travis Kelsey fatigue. I am so tired of hearing from Travis Kelsey clap back, if you will, at the doubters or the or the critics, like, dude. Relax. Really, really. People aren't necessarily that serious about saying Mahomes isn't as good as this person. All right. Just chill out, dude. You you got two Super Bowl rings. You're the best tight end in football. Just enough. Enough. Yeah. And he'll be the he'll yap more than anybody else today. Oh yeah. He'll be he'll be annoying. Like Steph will just put his head down and play, I think. Carol's watching. Sam says, not interested. Joy is watching. All right. I'll put it on for a little bit. I don't, I I don't, I'm not so sure that you will. Well, you've already given me every reason that I should because uh, there's nothing else to watch. That's what I do is I, I state the case for the other side here on this show. Thanks for watching Honor Auto and Company, everybody. Have a great weekend.